Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. My name is Tommy Jones, and this is my podcast. So let's take a few minutes, talk about life, and we will see where we end up. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm glad you're here. Hello again, and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Tommy. As always, I am your host, and I am super excited about today's episode because today I have a very special guest, a guest that is special to me and a guest that is just special in general, and her name is Christy Jones. Christy, can you say hi to everybody? Hi. Thanks for that special introduction. Of course. Christy is on the episode today because we are sort of wrapping up this kingdom life conversation by talking about this idea of uh, managing a kingdom temple. And by kingdom temple, what we mean is our body. What does it look like to have a kingdom view of your body? And Christy is here because she has a specific area of expertise in health and wellness. Chrissy, t- tell them a little bit about, oh, by the way, before I, she's also my wife. I should throw that out. <laughs> so, so I am a little biased here, but uh, Christy, introduce yourself and just tell them a little bit about your educational background, uh, what you do and sort of the expertise you bring to this conversation. Sure. So it's pretty diverse, actually. I started uh, nursing back in 2006. And after I got my RN degree, went straight into the hospital did critical care. I was a critical ICU nurse for about three, three and a half years, um, along getting my master's in a nurse practitioner. So then after I finished that, went into primary care, family practice, seeing anywhere, you know, from the newborn on to the elderly uh, man or woman, and primarily have been in rural clinics. So I've seen a lot of chronic disease. A lot of high blood pressure, diabetes, uh, chronic lung infections, obesity. Um, Well, and then back in 2017, I got really interested in functional medicine. And basically, that's just a fancy word for how can I teach my patients how to live well without prescriptions, without surgeries, Um, and that really, really opened a lot of resources and tools you know, in the clinic, not really seeing my patients get better year after year, getting sicker, more medicines. So I was certified through the International uh, Institute of Functional Medicine back in 2021. And I'm one of 1900 worldwide that are certified in this type of training. Wow. So I feel pretty, uh, pretty proud of that. Thank you. Yeah. And l- let me say this too. Christy is, uh, downplayed just a little bit, I believe, the the functional medicine approach. It's not just, uh, I mean, so to take a whole, what functional medicine practitioners do and what Christy is trained in doing, she's also trained traditional, but she's, she's trained in taking a whole body approach to a person. Meaning if you see the human body as a bunch of non-related uh, entities, a bunch of non-related systems, then it makes sense to go to 87 different doctors. If you see, and there are some, I think Christy would say, there are certainly some situations where that is necessary. Sure. But the holistic or the functional approach is to see the entire body as one system working together. And so what happens to the skin affects what happens in the gut, or what happens in the gut affects what happens in the skin, and what happens in the gut affects what happens in the brain, and and everything is related. So what Christy is trained to do is take a whole body look at someone and look at all the different systems and see how they're working together. So it's really a it's pretty, I think it's what medicine was originally intended to be, before the rise of, you know, um, 
pharmaceuticals and all those different things. And, and I think Christy and I would both say there's a time and a place for those things. But uh, if there is a way to get better and live well without those things, then that's certainly something worth looking into. Right. I would say healthcare in general is very important. Medicines are very important. They have a time and place. I think what's missing in the traditional medicine setting is relationship. You don't have time to learn your patients. You don't have time to learn their habits. Uh, you don't have time to learn their stresses. And I mean, that's the missing piece. And that's the art of medicine is knowing your patients really well and knowing why they are sitting in front of you having the symptoms that they're having. These symptoms aren't just something that falls on them. It's not something that they just woke up and said, hey, I want to be, you know, a diabetic. No, these things happen over years. Yeah, that's good. And so what, what Christy and I share a belief on this is, and, and the reason we're doing this is because we believe that in order to be healthy spiritually, it's really helpful to be healthy physically. Uh, in order to be healthy emotionally, it's helpful to be healthy physically. We don't believe that uh, we should compartmentalize body, mind, and spirit. Rather, we are a soul consisting of body, mind, and spirit. And just like in every other, we've been talking about this, guys, just like you don't say, you know, well, my work life is separate from my spiritual life and my, my, my money life is set. No, it's all one thing. It's all one bucket. It's the same thing with your body. Your body, your mind, and your spirit, all these things belong to God. And so what Christy and I are going to spend the next few minutes doing is talking through uh, how to uh, care for your temple. Just some things that she has learned, some things that she has seen on how we can maintain a healthy lifestyle that honors God with our body. And I want to say this, it is not our intention for anyone to feel shame. Because no matter who you are, uh, there have been seasons in your life when you did not honor God with your body. And there's a million different ways we've all done that. And so this is not to make anyone feel shame. This is not to anyone to feel embarrassed. This is giving some ideas, uh, some thoughts to how we can begin to change so that we can experience the best life God designed us to have with our body. And I know different people are in different circumstances and different things are difficult, but how can we do the best today with what we have? And that's what Christy and I are going to spend some time talking about today. So I am super glad you're joining us on this journey. So before we jump into this, I do want to just say one thing about that whole no shame thing. I agree. I think, you know, a lot of people in general think, oh, Christy is so super healthy. Christy only eats vegetables and does really weird things. And yeah, that's... It's a standing so joke in our family. <laughs> it is. <laughs> and why there's some truth to that, but... There have been many seasons in my life and along this journey and even still today that I battle uh, daily. And, you know, the biggest thing I think we just all need to know is it's what's the next best thing you can do? What's the next best step? And so that's my uh, mentality. That's my, you know, mantra is I have to, you know, not think about what I just did too much, but think about what I can do next. Yeah, that's good. And I, I think you have to have grace with yourself. Times. And I think we've seen this in our house. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to have grace with yourself. You have to forgive yourself. And you have to believe that this is not just a physical matter. You have to believe this is a spiritual matter, too. Oh, 100%. That taking care of your body and honoring this temple that God has given us is a spiritual matter. And I think that's that's part of what you bring to this conversation. Yes, absolutely. And so, all right, let's do this, babe. Let's, let's go through the top 
uh, like if you had four, how about four things? If you had four things you could tell us uh, as far as taking care of ourselves and honoring God with our body, what would be the top four pieces of advice you would give someone if they were sitting here with you and you were having that conversation? What would number one be? Yeah, so I would say number one would be stress. Do you even know your stress level? Do you identify your daily stress? How do you feel stress in your body? Um, I think there was a time even during COVID when it first hit, Tommy, when, you know, you were dealing with so much and you did not realize you were under stress. You felt physical symptoms of stress. You felt chest tightness, uh, short of breath. You didn't know you were stressed until maybe I identified it for you. Well, yeah. And and just to speak to that, I mean, what would happen with me is I wouldn't feel it mentally or emotionally, but I would have to yawn to catch my breath. And I, we went and got me, remember we got my heart tested. We were like, what is wrong with this dude? (laughs) Come to find out what was wrong with me was a little bit of anxiety and a high level of stress. So yeah. Yeah. You know, there's a really uh, cool screening tool that I think we're going to link it into the show notes too, that you should go, you should have your husband, your wife, your kids, whoever uh, take this test. We'll link it. Basically, it's the life stress inventory and it breaks it down into three different scores. But it's pretty, pretty cool because I think when we think about stress, we think about the major things, loss, um, divorce, a sick child, Did you know that even going on vacation, uh, holidays, you know, that coworker at work, that juggling 50 different things at home, you know, all your kids in sports, you know, cooking dinner when you don't really know how to cook, all those (laughs) things cause stress. By the way, you're doing really good at this, Christy. Oh, thanks. I'd just like to tell you, I know this is kind of awkward sitting yeah. in this strange booth with your, your Christy sitting on two pillows <laughs> so that she can be out because this is such a, a janky, but you're doing great. All right, so is that all for stress? Well, I do want to just add a couple of little uh, statistics. So, you know, I've been doing primary care for over a decade now. So think about that. Every single day, from eight to five, every 15 minutes, I was seeing a patient, a patient coming in with a chronic health condition, a symptom, a concern, a worry. And, uh, you know, I read in a research article, it said that five out of six leading causes of death, uh, stress is about the main common denominator. Wow. And we're talking about you know, cancer, heart disease, stroke, 75 to 90% of all people who come and sit in the doctor, it's related to a stress-related health concern. Wow. That's huge. Yeah. That's big. And people just accept that as a part of life. Well, and we don't manage it or, or you end up drinking or you end up doing so, you know, something to try to manage your stress that ends up hurting you worse. Well, guess what? In 15-minute appointment, do I have time to ask you about your stress? Yeah. No. No time. So, you know, that that gets brushed over. Oh, you're having these symptoms. Okay, take this pill. No one ever really tells people or even gives them a space to just explain what's going on. People want to be heard. Yeah. I want to be seen and heard. I wonder if that's why, I wonder if there would be a correlation between health and people who go to therapists and counselors. You know, because you and I both, we share the same counselor, uh, Dr. Lynn Lowen, who's amazing. Yeah. And like that we get to go in there and talk through things. I wonder if that helps. Absolutely. Yeah, I would think so. That's good. Yeah. So uh, just another thing, um, 
you know, think about every symptom that brings you to the doctor. It could be a headache. It could be a stomach-related issue. It could be frequent sicknesses, frequent colds, fatigue, pain. All these things can be traced back to stress. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. And you're right. I don't think that's something people normally think about when they think. Because, they, they, remember, they're separating their emotional health from their physical health. Right. And what you're saying is, no, they're completely connected. Your emotional well-being is totally connected to your physical well-being. Yeah. And that's I just want to, like, take a little sciencey approach to stress. Because I think a lot of people don't really understand it. And, of course, since this is what I do, I, I sort of think it's really cool. So the stress is, you know, an email. It's that phone call. It's that um, thing that you have to do. I mean, it could be something really significant, but it's perceived stress comes in through the brain. The brain produces hormones in the hypothalamus. Then it produces hormones in the pituitary gland. These hormones are produced in the brain. They send signals all the way down to your adrenal glands that produce some really big hormones, cortisol, adrenaline, nor epinephrine. These things are really good if you need to grab your child from running into traffic, but these hormones are not good chronically high in our bodies. And and we wonder why people are sicker, more overweight, and dealing with more chronic health conditions. It's these hormones that are driving blood sugar issues, increased uh, blood pressure, increased heart rate, decreasing your immune system so it starts in the brain this is legitimately the smartest podcast i have ever done and may ever do (laughs) you're bringing science in yeah well done that's what i do Uh, i like to say you know before we move on to the next one we have to major in the majors minoring in any of these four things will get you nowhere in life. Mm, That's good. At least we'll get you nowhere in a healthy, longevity, enjoying life. So you're saying these four things we're talking about should be top priority for people. Absolutely. All right. Like you can't out diet stress. Right. All right. Well, let's move on to number two. Tell me me what number two is on the list. Okay. So number two, not a shocker to all of you, is nutrition. Uh, Yep. Yep. (laughs) I mean, nutrition is huge. Why in the world do we even disassociate the things that we put in our body as having no value or no role or function in our cellular health? We are cells. No way around it. Everything that we take in is information. It's either going to build you up or it's going to tear you down. So we do a, we do an interesting thing at home. Not sure if Kenley enjoys this or not, but I still do it. I ask her, hey, what color is on your plate? I just even want her to be aware. Yeah. What's on your plate? Look at it. Is it all yellow, white, brown? If it is, let's put some color on there. Yeah, we also talk through fuel foods and fun foods, which yeah. I think is kind of cool. Like, all right. Is that a fuel food or a fun food? Because food is fuel. This is one of the things I've learned from Christy. My whole life, I ate out of pleasure. Like, I'm going to eat a bunch of Captain Crunch because I like Captain Crunch. I never really stopped. And when we got married, I was probably still, I was, what, 35, 36? Oh, and I was probably still eating nothing but Captain Crunch. It was bad. But, like, uh, that, that's, I was eating for fun, and I have learned that food is fuel. What I put into me is having a big impact on my, on my sleep 
on my thoughts, mm. on my sluggish, like everything. Everything. Yeah. But I will say it's different for men and women. And it and it's very different for me too. 90% of all women I see in the clinic have some sort of poor relationship with food. We are emotional eaters, period. I, men, I can tell them, hey, stop eating the cheeseburgers and pizza and drinking the beer. Eat some more vegetables and work out. Probably 90% of them are going to do what I say. Yeah. I tell that to a woman and it is like, um, it's painful. It, we don't know what to do. That is our source of comfort. Mine dates all the way back to my childhood. I mean, won't go into all that here, but for most of us, there was some sort of event in our lives. And ever since then, we have been seeking pleasure from something that primarily food. I mean, think about the garden. What was she tempted with? I mean, maybe it's not a literal apple. I'm not sure, but it is food. Oh, that's I've never even thought of that. Yeah, it's the curse of our DNA. We're fighting this daily as women. Yeah, that's um, fantastic. But the biggest thing about nutrition is, is one, I've not always been, and, and I still battle this every single day. This is huge uh, battle for me. In fact, you would probably be surprised to hear that, most of you. But I'm a comfort eater. I, if I'm sad, I, I want to go to the fridge. If I'm bored, I want to go to the fridge. If I sit down and watch TV and get up, it's time to go to the fridge. <laughs> I mean, I've had to really, really, really become super aware because what happens is if we are constantly reaching for these fun foods, so fun foods, let's just, you know, describe those. Those are anything that are really in packages, uh, wrappers, things that are not of the ground. <laughs> yeah. uh, they have lots of chemicals. They are genetically modified to be addictive things that will keep for eight years <laughs> <laughs> i mean have you ever thought about that you go to the store you see the the stalker guy open the box and he pulls out cupcakes i mean these cupcakes are coming out of boxes and then they're going on shelves and they're sitting in plastic containers and we're eating this <laughs> i'm eating it too some right. but um, it, it, it does make you really think about it more and more. So, but back to nutrition, blood sugar is, is fascinating. So I've done, you know, blood sugar monitoring. I've worn the diabetic sensors. I'm not a diabetic, but I do find it fascinating to see what foods do to my body. And it helps me also really help my patients understand things too. So, you know, starting my day off with sugary coffee and a muffin is not great. It's not great for most of you either. Uh, they, these things shoot our blood sugars really high. And when our blood sugars go really high and they start to go down pretty quickly, this is another stress on your body. As your blood sugar is dropping, your body says, oh no, hurry, produce cortisol, make more sugar in the liver. She's going down. And so you're on this roller coaster all day long. Two hours later, you need more sugar. You're up again. You're down again. You know, now you're eating lunch, you're up, you're down, two o'clock, up, down. It's it's all day. Yeah. And then we give our kids orange juice in the morning with 39 grams of sugar in it. And then they get like orange juice and cereal. And we wonder why they're having yeah. a behavioral problems at school. They don't know how to control themselves. They don't know how to handle that rise and crash. And yet we're feeding them complete 
not nutritional stuff in the morning and then sending them off to school and it, or or they go to the school and get the muffin fun lunch <laughs> which is a whole nother thing but yeah or is there anything Joke. else on nutrition well just just a couple of questions just to ask uh you to be thinking about you know how you feel if you are pretty tired one to two hours after you eat if you feel like you need to eat again one to two hours after you ate that meal if you're feeling crashes, if you're tired, you probably need to evaluate what you had for breakfast or that meal. And so my big top three things or rules around food now, now again, I'm not perfect, and but if I don't do this, I suffer the consequences and that's okay, I chose it. So, but overall, the first three things that I try to do is one, Drink a big glass of water before your coffee, before your food, get hydrated. It's also going to make your belly feel a little bit fuller so you're not as hungry. The second thing is absolutely no sugar in the morning. You don't need the honey bun or the Mountain Dew. You don't need the artificial sweeteners. You don't need the sugary coffee. If you're telling me, hey, I've got to have creamer in my coffee, then just choose to have it later. Don't have it first thing in the morning. Really don't want you to have it. But either way, the third thing is always eat protein. For those who don't know what protein is, it's you know any source of animal meat. Uh, it can be in beans. It can be in nuts and seeds. It can be in nonfat sugar-free yogurt. Uh, It can be in all of those things, but I always start my day with a protein and a fat. Like for instance, eggs and avocado, bacon, eggs, you know, just scratch the biscuit, scratch the pancake, (laughs) scratch the gravy, scratch the (laughs) gravy because it's made out of flour. Right. Yeah. So those, those are the, the big things. I mean, I know we live in a world and we're going to have these fun foods, but you know, just start your day off right. See how you feel. That's great. That's amazing stuff on nutrition, Christy. All right, so so tell tell me this. And uh, what's what's number three? What else? Number three is movement. Now these are in mm-hmm. no particular order of importance. They're all equally important. They're all the major things. Remember right. that. So, but movement is good. You know, this is the thing that I think I started with first, um, and, and it was easier for me to do. So maybe you know, uh, nutrition is easier for other, or you know, monitoring your stress is easier. Sure. But you know, movement is great. Our bodies were made to move. We sit in cars. We sit at our desk, we go home, we sit at the dinner table, after dinner, we sit on the couch. You know, that's just not great. Uh, And then if you go back to energy and our bodies being cellular energy, all this energy is going through your body. And if you're not finding an outlet for that through movement, then you're going to be a more anxious person. You're going to um, feel more tired. Isn't that funny? You're actually more tired when you sit more than when you move. So movement doesn't have to be crazy, high intense. It's just getting up every hour, walking around. It's, you know, doing a brisk walk after dinner or lunch or it is going to the gym. I love going to the gym. Do you? And I'll say this too, Chrissy, like my nutrition and my movement are connected. Yes. I, when I'm working out, I eat better. 
because I worked out and I like want to maintain that. When I'm not working out, it is so easy for me to just eat junk all day. Yeah. But when, when they fuel each other, when I'm eating better, I work out more. I move more. When I'm when I'm working out more, I feel. The other thing about uh, Chrissy talks about movement. One of the things she's got us doing now is a 10 minute walk after dinner. And sometimes uh, it is probably for her like pulling teeth, <laughs> getting me to do that and getting Kinley to do it. Uh, the dog is always willing. Dexter is always more than willing. But getting me and Kinley to do that some days is very difficult. But that 10 minute just walk after dinner, which doesn't allow our sugar to just sit in our belly and collect. Right. Uh, it's. I mean, I, I think we're seeing, at least I'm seeing physically in my body, the results of doing those little things. That's great. That's yeah. great. You know, uh, people who move their bodies when they were polled say that they you know have an overall better sense of health they report overall health um also they report just overall well-being they feel better they're they're able to cope with their stress now i'm not saying they're stress-free they're able to see their stress differently when you move your body you know, I think it's funny. I just want to say this to all the women who, you know, have that battle between, you know, missing out on family time or moving your body. For years, I used, I mean, Tommy, you know this, I do yeah. weird things, weird. Um, really weird things. <laughs> so I used to be so embarrassed to do these weird things in front of my family. And I would always go into the room, and but in the room, I always felt like, oh my gosh, my family's in there watching TV, spending great quality time. I always felt torn, sort of selfish. So I finally just said, you know what? I'm weird. I do weird things. They can get over it. We'll be watching television and Christy will be on a foam roller just sliding <laughs> back and forth in front of us or doing some weird bend or stretch or some... <laughs> some <If> you, <laughs> it's funny. If you do not have a foam roller, I suggest you get one. Yeah. They feel amazing. And so I just do those things in the living room now. Yeah. I have a set of dumbbells. Um, I'm not lifting any crazy weight, but I may do some curls. I may do a few squats. Either way, I'm with my family. I'm not embarrassed anymore. Right. Tommy doesn't care. Um, so no, just I'm numb to it. Yeah, move your bodies. Yeah. Just and I'm going to say this, good. babe. I feel 100% better emotionally when I am moving physically. Yeah. On the days when I work out, I feel so much more clear, so much clarity, like so more confident. Uh, more outgoing, like it totally changes my mental outlook on the days when I do some sort of emotional or some sort of physical work. Yeah. I really love your startup story too. If you'll just share, because, you know, I was on this journey, you know, before Tommy and I I probably nagged a whole lot and I'm very thankful that you um, (laughs) did not, you know, resent me. Um, But all the women who are nagging, you might as well not nag. They may do it, and he did it, and so I spent all that time nagging for no reason. Anyways, your story is so cool to me because you really wanted to move your body, but you were so intimidated by the gym. Tell them what you I'm did. I'm intimidated by nothing. Well, Just, I, what I didn't want to do was go hang out with a bunch of what I now. This is what I thought meatheads, right? And like. Christy is more like would like someone to be yelling at her like, come on, next. I have (laughs) no desire for someone to be standing over me going, next, do one more, do one more, do three more. Come on. I mean, I'm I'm not into that. So I just looked at myself in the mirror one day and said, I'm not happy with the way I look. I'm not happy with the way I feel. Uh, I'm I'm an older dad, sort of in the scheme of life. I want to walk my daughter down the aisle one day. And so I just 
ordered a couple of weights. I didn't even, I think I've spent like 60 bucks maybe in the first investment in the garage by myself. Well, it started with a, a small rinkety weight bench. Yes. From Amazon in our bedroom. Yes. And you said to yourself, if I do not use this to hold my clothes, and I'm consistent with it. I will get a gym membership. Yeah. So every morning, at least, no, at first, I think you started out just like three days a week, maybe yeah. two days a week. You would get up, you would watch some video or something on YouTube, and you learned to work out. You learned to feel comfortable doing it. You did it. Um, you kept buying heavier weights. And so you made a routine out of it. And then you went to the gym yeah. when you realized like, oh. I, I can do this. Yeah. I can make this commitment. So I love that. If you're wondering where to start, start in your home. Yeah. There's so many free resources. I rarely oh, spend any money because of YouTube. Now, again, be careful on YouTube, but we're all adults here. Um, you know, you can find just about any video. My most recent ones that I love the most, and I can link it, is just a walking in place video after dinner she's so super cute she does it to like some salsa music and it's fun uh, and it's just walking in place if you feel like you can't jump or do anything you can walk in place yeah that's good all right let's get let's get to number four all, all right. right tell me the number four on the list of your top four okay so this is going to be a no-brainer but so many people are really bad at this and number four is sleep mm. sleep we're missing out on a great opportunity for our bodies. This is the only way it repairs and rebuilds. And in fact, in your sleep, you actually produce hormones that make your neurotransmitters. These are your serotonin, your dopamine. These things make you feel good. If you're not sleeping, you're missing out on this and you're cranky, you're tired, you're moody because you're not you know, making these hormones that you need to make in your sleep. Yeah, I would argue too, you're also vulner more vulnerable to sin when you are tired. Absolutely. Of, of being quick, less patient, less kind, less, like look at the fruits of the spirit, kindness, humility, patience, gentleness. You are none of those things no. when you are not sleeping well. That's, That's right. just a fact. And you know, they say eight hours, eight hours is great if you can. I mean, we're shooting for seven good solid hours. We're in bed typically by nine, nine thirty. I read my book. Tommy does his reading too. I, we enjoy that. We do that for about 15, 20 minutes, lights out. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm an early riser. So if you're like, I don't have time to move. I don't have time, you know, to make that lunch or that good breakfast. It's because you're not going to bed early enough and you're not allowing yourself enough time in the morning. Yeah. Think about that. But just another little nerdy thing about sleep. Um, the pituitary is a little gland in your brain. It's it's pretty powerful and it produces so many of your hormones. But the biggest one is the growth hormone. And it's essential for strength, for muscle mass, for liver function. Uh, most importantly, for normalizing your blood sugar. I want all of you who don't sleep well or stay up too late. The next day, I want you to see how hungry you are. I want you to monitor what food you're grabbing. Yeah, that's true. Statistically speaking, you're going to reach for those things that give you quick energy, quick energy foods, 
always are found in the pantry. They're never found in the refrigerator. So think about cookies, crackers, uh, muffins, cakes, snacks, crunchy things. You're going to eat more of those. You're going to consume anywhere from five to 800 more calories when you're tired. Wow. I believe that. I mean, I, I know because I've experienced me. it a million times. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's funny. As you're talking about that, my stomach's growling because <laughs> because I try to fast from 7 p.m. to 11 a.m. Just one of the things we do. But those things kind of sound sounded tasty. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else on sleep? Yeah, just a couple of extra things. So research is out there linking poor sleep to obesity, diabetes type 2, and heart disease. Wow. And guys, this is all I see is chronic disease every day. I, I tell you, if you're depending on your health care, you know, to keep you well, I'm sorry. You you have to participate in your health. Yeah. I mean, we have to take charge because doctors and nurse practitioners, we can't get you well. We can't make you well. These things have to be prioritized on your own. And sleep is just one of those big things. So the three things that I really like to do um, is, especially if you're dealing with insomnia or poor sleep or you're having to drink wine or beer to sleep. Which does not help no, you sleep. That is a awful. complete alcohol does not help you sleep, guys. And I'll tell you why. Because what it does is alcohol lowers your blood sugar. And then around 2 a.m. is when your liver kicks in. It's gone hypoglycemic. Your liver kicks in to produce more sugar, wakes you up. You're having some hot flashes, restlessness, can't sleep. So yeah, alcohol is a poor sleep aid. In fact, no amount of alcohol is good. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm just giving you the statistics. <laughs> I'm not telling you what to do, but... You know, so the three things... Well, I think you would tell them if they think having a glass of wine is going to help them sleep. Oh, right. Or, no. or a cocktail. That's just not true. No. And yeah. if you're going to do it, you should have it, you know, probably three hours At before lunchtime. you go to bed. <laughs> kidding. I'm hey, kidding. I'm Italy, kidding. Hold on. They let's, get it. Let's, okay, not, let's not get quoted for that. Yeah. No. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. So the three things that I um, like to do, especially if you're dealing with sleep issues and you want to get on rhythm, is... First thing in the morning, set your alarm a little early. I don't care how tired you are, groggy. Don't go straight to the coffee pot. Delay that timer, you know, on the coffee, 30 minutes. Go outside. Springtime and summertime are amazing times to do this. The birds are loud. The The sky is light. Go walk around in the grass. Get your feet in the grass. Look into the light of the day. It's amazing. Um, the second thing is, of course, move your body. So if you're not moving your body, you're probably going to be pretty restless at night, not sleep well. And then eat protein for breakfast and dinner. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Oh, and then the last thing, sorry, is get back outside again in the evening. <laughs> it's really easy. It's funny to see Christy in the morning walking around outside barefoot because yeah. she's grounding herself and feeling. Like it. Yeah, it's, it feels it's, so it's cool. good. Go, hey, I just challenge you, someone out there, anyone. Go walk outside in the grass barefoot in the morning. It's nice and chilly and cold and it's like wet. Please tell me how it feels. I want to know. That's fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, Christy. It's been a joy having you on the podcast. Um, I think we've given them a lot of information to think through. Uh, I, I appreciate you bringing your expertise to this. Uh, I think we do see, I mean, whether it's your sleep 
or your nutrition or your movement or your stress, that all of these things are things that need to be surrendered to God. I mean, just like we've talked about with your finances and your jobs and your relationships and your parenting, your stress and your nutrition and your sleep and your all these things surrendered to God have the potential to bring glory to God. Yeah. And so we, we, I mean, even God rested on the seventh day. And I mean, I think, you know, there's so many things in this that as we begin to surrender these parts of our lives to God, we find joy in them and we right. find peace in them. We find satisfaction. You were designed to be healthy. I mean, God created our bodies to do certain amazingly beautiful things. Uh, you were not designed to have a life uh, that was that was cut short because of all these different things. Now, there are some situations where no matter what you do, there's still bad sure. things that happen in a broken world, and we get that. But I think what Christy has described today is a recipe for living well, no matter what situation you're in. Yeah. And so I think uh, I think we need to understand that this part of our life matters that god cares about this part of your life yeah that's great okay well thank you so much for yeah. joining me. i hope to have you on again uh i'm sure i can probably woo you into it one day <laughs> uh guys thank you so much for listening as always this is off the cuff and i'm so glad you joined us today see you guys soon jones out mm-hmm.